Well, another exclusive here for Turf Business. We're joined by Chris Stickles, who's clerk of the course here at Ascot. Chris, uh, a lovely day today and a lovely place to work, I'm sure. Oh, it's a great place to work, yes, particularly when the sun shines. Yeah, it's great. And, and your background, you didn't start out as a, a clerk of the course, I guess nobody does, but you've come through the, the ground side of things. I did, yeah. Originally I was a farmer. Yeah, we've got a, a family farm in Kent. Um, uh, you know, I, I looked after the sheep side of the business and the, and the kind of grass and management. Um, the farm, sadly, was not really big enough to support my brother and I, so I found another career in, uh, in groundsmanship and was, uh, was, was groundsman and then head groundsman originally at Folkestone Racecourse, which is now sadly closed. So after your, your time as head groundsman at uh, Folkestone, what happened next? Well, I was asked to train up to be a clerk of the course uh, at that point, so I was then uh, clerk of the course for Folkestone, subsequently Windsor and then Lingfield before coming here in uh, 2005. Well, Chris, in 2005 when you joined, there wasn't actually any racing happening, was there? No, no, this place, this was closed for re redevelopment in 2004, so uh, the, the, the new stand was being rebuilt and, uh, and in fact this, the straight course that we're standing on now and, and parts of the round course were, uh, were being... Um, were being remade and re-leveled as well. So yeah, no, there was no racing going on until we re we reopened in 2000, May 2006. So that was a major redevelopment to walk in on. Uh, what were you looking to achieve with the turf side of things here then, Chris? Well, we were looking for. Uh, I mean, the the, the object of doing the uh, of doing the, 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 the redoing the track was to eliminate the turf crossings. Uh, at that point, there were roads crossing the the track, so the, and there were mats that needed to be put down in order for, for for the horses to race across them. We wanted to get rid of all those, so that we made a proper world-class facility. Also, the move, the track was moved slightly away from the high street, so that the, the new stand could be built behind it, um, but, but behind the track, and then the parade ring could be built between that and the and the road. So the whole redesign involved uh, a slight movement of the track and and the elimination of the of the road crossings to make it a more consistent, safer surface. And then it was. Um, completely uh, redrained, new soil profile, sand mixed with the, with the original um, soil that was here um, um, to, to create a, a faster uh, draining surface and one that you know, would put up with more wear. And you've now got essentially two different tracks here because you've got one still that's on the original kind of setup and, and the new developed areas. Does that give you challenges in trying to keep those, those two surfaces consistent and the same? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always been a, it's always been a challenge and an objective of ours that we needed to, to, to deliver, and, and uh, you know I think we've done a, you know a very good job of it really. The um, obviously the longer that this track has been here now, and this is you know now 2017, it's redone in 2005. This has got you know more organic matter has built up within this sandy surface. Um, it has got more consistent with the old, but uh, you know obviously we've had to use different management techniques in order to main, to make sure that on a race day they're as uh, you know as consistent as possible. So you know. The, the, this new sand-based track would need more water, need more vertidraining, needs more feeding um, than the other track. So it's just a case of closely monitoring um, each surface uh, and making sure that we can deliver that consistent surface that we're looking to achieve. Okay, so we talk about consistency, but in terms of a, a detail and a profile, what are you looking for for good racing and safe racing on your surfaces? Well, you need, as I say, you know, kind of consistent surface, one that's fast enough for, for a horse to be able to gallop out and stretch out without it ideally being too soft. I mean, you, you, clearly you can't help if the, if the weather's been uh, the weather's been severe and very wet, and you know, a horse, you know, will obviously not get as good a purchase on the ground if it is kind of deep and and, and kind of heavy, uh, you know watered ground or very wet ground so you want a, a fast surface but it also needs to be safe in terms of giving enough giving it so that a horse can um, gallop safely they're fragile animals thoroughbreds uh, and they need to be able to um, to have feel some forgiveness in the racing surface i.e it can't be too firm uh, if you have it too firm then, then some horses won't 
won't gallop to their best ability on it. So it needs to be a bit of a balance between, you know, enough moisture in the ground to be to, to, to give some forgiveness, but yet also fast enough for them to be able to stretch out and actually move nicely on it. Always hearing, you know, mention of the going on, on TV coverage and in the papers. Um, good to firm, I know, is what you're aiming at here for flat racing. But what does that actually mean, Chris? The ranges of going go from firm or in fact a really fast surface would be called hard um, and, and then and then as, as it gets softer it goes firm good to firm good good to soft soft and eventually heavy before you get to a, a kind of a waterlogged surface and that's how we use in, in this country <coughs> to describe how how the track is expected to ride so one can tell um, racing professionals owners and trainers jockeys and punters alike how the track might ride um, good to firm is, is, is what the, the British horse racing um, Authority like us to achieve for, uh, for for flat racing if we can. Um, the, you, you, we're allowed a certain amount of movement on that with the multi-day meeting, such as Royal Ascot, which is held over five days. Um, so in order to maintain good to firm ground, it would be that would be a, a huge ch challenge over those five days. So we tend to like to start on a on, on a going slightly easier than that. So so more of a good ground type of meeting uh, type of going and then and then letting it dry to good to firm as, as the week goes on but good to firm is in fact it's pretty similar to what we're on today uh, i mean we've had a nice dry um spring so far you know pretty warm as well there's obviously scientific ways that you work this out with a, a going stick which is electronic and, and gives you computerized readings but you still rely i think on the traditional you know stick that you've got in your hand here um show us how you actually you know determine what the going is Sure, okay. We walk around the course, I walk around the course um, with, with my wooden stick and uh, I push it into the ground on lots of occasions as I walk around, trying to determine the resistance that I'm feeling from it as well as kind of the shear. And that is, that is also actually what the, uh, what, the, what the going stick does. That will take a digital kind of measurement of how much resistance uh, it feels when you push it in, you have to push it into a certain depth. And then also when you pull the stick back, uh, it gives you a reading of the shear that the, 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 the turf um, is, is holding against the stick. And that, and that will then, we would take about 250 readings around the course wow, using okay. that digital stick, and that will give you a digital readout at the end of it, an average of, uh, of, 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 of to, to, so you can compare that with the going description you're giving. I still use the wooden stick, um, but in conjunction with the, with the, with the digital um, official going stick, that gets used as well. and. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a very good tool. Have you ever had an occasion where the digital ones told you something different to what you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that does happen occasionally. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, different times of the year, the ground can um, react differently and feel differently. I mean, we always find that in the spring and autumn, actually, uh, it will generally ride softer than you think it's going to. If you uh, and we use a vertidrain a lot here. If you use a vertidrain, um, the stick sometimes will, um, will. will, will will give a different reading to what I'm expecting it to because you know there's the, the ground has been relieved of compaction or the or the profile is a bit looser than than perhaps it might ride so um, also if the tracks worn wet really wet and worn or poached because it's had a lot of wear then sometimes that too uh, that too will, will, will give a different reading to what you're expecting but um, generally find it we find it pretty consistent we have a good race program here where races are, um, you know, we don't we don't have a really heavy period of racing. Only only kind of Royal Ascot. So generally, the turf is in is in really good condition, and, and you can get a decent kind of correlation with the going stick. When it comes to Royal Ascot, the the world's eyes are very much on you here. How do you deal with that in terms of making sure that everything is you know in place and right for you know a major festival? Well, planning really. 
planning and uh, and with the help of a great team, to be honest. I mean, we, we, everything is worked back from the, the major meeting. So for Royal Ascot, we'll have been planning that from, from virtually the last Royal Ascot, to be honest. Sounds a bit of a cliche, but that's what happened. So, so our year is worked out really around making sure that we provide the best racing surface for that for those five days so you know key kind of turf works um, key turf techniques all of our feeding programs wetting agents anything we do with the with the verted drain or or, or anything like that is all is all work geared back from from from, from that week in june so uh you know we, we, we take a lot of planning we, we we make a lot of records um and so that we can consistently kind of deliver what we want to but uh, yeah you can't do it without a good team and um, and, and they're very good here so in the weeks running up to Royal Ascot, Chris, is there anything different you're doing or is, is it really depend on circumstances? Depends on the weather, to be honest, yeah. Uh, so so uh, as I say, you know, our, our, you know we, we will, we will vertidrain twice in May generally to make sure that, um, that, 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 that the track is free from compaction and as even as across the width as possible, um, so it's a consistent surface. Uh, that, that will then enable uh, the, the, the rain to take heavy period the, the track to take heavy periods of rain so if we have last year we had i think we had something like 100 millimeters of, of, of rainfall in june um you know huge amounts of rainfall before we you know before we started the meeting but the track coped fairly well yes it was a soft surface but it had drained the water was getting away uh, uh and, it, and it didn't ride considerably soft considering that weather so um you know if we hadn't done those two vertebrae drain passes that may have it may have been a very different story but it drained well you know that again. If it's a dry year and you've done those, you might have to water a bit more. But you know you're going to get good root structure. You know that you know that the the, the, the moisture going to be drawn up from, from 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 beneath. And as long as you manage to to, to to know what you're doing in the build up to the meeting, you should be able to deliver a decent track. So it's the planning of it in advance and just attention to detail. I suppose is the key things. One of the things we've been talking about off camera is irrigation, and I think you're pretty much self-sufficient here on on water. Can you give us a little bit of background to that. Yeah, sure. We uh, when the redevelopment. Um, was underway in uh, in 2005. We built reservoirs. There was already one small but reservoir here. We then had built another reservoir in the centre of the course. We harvest the water that we collect from the steppings on the grandstand and from the underpasses uh, where the where the roads go underneath the track. Uh, so we harvest that water uh, and that gets stored in the middle, and then we use that to uh, to pump out around the track. We've got pop-ups all the way around the course, and we've got uh, Briggs machines as well. So we've got uh, we've got two, um, two 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 ways of watering. So that is no longer a big cost item for you, I guess, because of that. Um, what are the big cost items here for you, Neil? Um, outside of labour, I suppose, really, you know, fertilisers, a big cost. You know, this is essentially a sand track, the, 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 the new straight course. That, uses, that requires a lot of feeding. Uh, we embarked on a biological programme a couple of years ago. Um, and that, you know, that, 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 that has not been cheap, but it's still, we're very pleased with, with, with the way it's going. You, you mentioned the biological programme there, that, that's really something that's, that's quite interesting to me. Um, not only is it greener and better, which is good news for, for everybody, and I'm sure it's something that the, you know, the company wants to be seen to be doing, but it's actually had some financial benefits as well, and will do in the long term, because I think you're, the, the amount of fungicide that you're um, using now is far less than it ever has been before, is that correct? Yeah, it has, yeah. I think before the year before we used the, um, the used a biological product, we uh, we had to spray about five or six times um, with the fungicide, maybe a touch more actually that year. And then the last two years, we've only had to spray once. So, and that can't have just been due, due, due to kind of climatic kind of conditions. Uh, we, you know, the biological um, products we've been using has helped have helped reduce thatch a little bit, and certainly helped us. Um, you know, certainly prevented or, 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 or 
not encouraged anyway, um, you know, fungus in the in, in the sward. So, yeah, now that's been a cost saving. And your head groundsman here, Rion, he's been doing his own brew and you're about to apply that for the first time this year, I understand. Yeah, he has, yeah, he's been looking at, uh, uh, yeah, in, 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 yeah, very good kind of new new kind of idea that they've been looking at is um you know he's been working with the team on uh on, on making their own compost to then make compost tea um to do that and we're using you know they're using their own products and uh, you know we've got a lot of trees and, and stuff on site so there's wood chips here there's grass clippings here they've you know they've, they've used a lot of uh, local kind of materials to, to to make their own compost and uh, yeah they're about to embark on their first tea okay well truly environmentally friendly that one then is recycling and everything going on in that particular mix-up so and a cost saving and you're pushing some boundaries which is always good to see absolutely you know i think it's great it's great you know and uh, yeah uh, very encouraging of it and I, I you know hope it works we, we've yet to really test it to see what's actually in it and it, what's coming forward but i know that he's got all the all the tools to do that so uh, yeah we'll be seeing um, we'll be seeing uh, seeing how it works out but yeah it's exciting yeah so when we were poking around in the, in the shed there earlier, Chris, we saw an interesting piece of kit that we've not seen close up before from uh, Toro and STRI. Um, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so this is a precision sense machine. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a machine that um, STR and Toro work closely together with, uh, uh, as I understand, and that uh, we, we used that for the first time last year, where we used it over the whole track to measure, um, it measured levels of compaction, it measured soil moisture levels, it took pictures of, uh, to, 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 to measure sort of sward density, um, took pH, um, and uh, so that was used in May last year and it's, uh, we're planning on using it again annually really just to try and see if we can improve consistency in certain areas um, and to get us a general idea of how the track is performing each year and if there's anything that we might need to look at in more detail. Obviously it's a quite a large area race course, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a useful tool. It is a time consuming uh, and, and expensive, not, not cheap kind of uh, process, but, uh, but you know, it gives us much more detail and um, data that, that may be useful for, for us managing the, managing the racing surface going forward. So that'd be the second year you've done it, so it'd be really interesting to see how things have progressed. And I guess you sent yourself some objectives based on the findings last year, and whether yeah. you've met those. Well, we, yeah, we did. Yeah, we uh, we uh, we have since then vertigo drained other areas of the course uh, and tried to address compaction in the in the areas that highlighted uh, where the where we had more compaction, where the sort of surface was drier uh, and you know possibly weaker as well. Um, and we shall see if they're more consistent this year. But to be honest, it didn't throw up anything that was alarming to us, which was good news. Okay. Talk about objectives, and I guess investment is part of your objective to, to invest wisely. If you've got one thing that's been the best investment that you've, you've had here, and I know you've mentioned to me that you know, your team and your people are, are part of that, but I want to talk about kit in particular or products. What would you say currently today would be your view on the best investment you've made? We use our vertigo drains a lot, to be honest, and that you know that that's probably the best investment. I mean, we, we find that it's extremely useful tool. Last week we were using them with the pencil tines on because the kind of conditions were right to encourage some 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 root growth. Very often, however, we use them with the larger tines, and that's you know just it, it helps you. It helps us repair ground after racing. It uh, it helps with root growth. It helps with managing how firm the, the soil is uh, anyway, so you can sort of soften it by, by, by giving it some more heave. Uh, it helps with drainage in the winter by poking holes in it. and, and uh, sure. uh, So, we, yeah, we find it a very useful piece of kit. And I guess compaction must be a big challenge here with the amount of, you know, heavy horses that you've got running across this. Well, of course, that's, you know, the, I mean, that's what a vertebrae is essentially for. And, yeah. You know, but, 
you know, yes. So compaction is, is in, we inverted drain a lot here. So, um, so uh, you know, we don't tend to suffer from compaction because of the amount of times we do it. But without the inverted drain, yeah, we would, you would get compaction issues, yes. Chris, if we can look at the future now, and what would you like to be happening with the turf facilities here in the next few years? I think managing power is always a bit of a challenge for us. Uh, managing power, managing thatch. Um, you know, we're constantly trying to trying to improve that and look at the ways. I mean, you know, having a ryegrass sward is, is 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 really ideal for us. That would be, uh, you know, that's quick recovering. You know, the, you you get decent root growth. So, uh, you know, we're always looking at that, trying to improve that, and uh, and. Uh, but, uh, you know, things, things have progressed nicely in the last couple of years and, uh, you know, we hope that we continue with that, with that, with that, with, with going in that way. That's great. Well, we'll get back to getting ready for a, a big meeting. Thanks very much. In a few weeks and uh, we look forward to catching up with you in the future. Thanks, Chris.